All right, we get started this evening. Remember all those on our prayer request list. Lift them up, Brother Don, Sister Mary, Sister Jean, uh, Sister Rhonda, uh, Sister Donna Faye. Uh, just remember all of those. Then remember the Chester family, Roberts fam Robertson family uh, in your prayers as well. Pam's not feeling well this evening. Remember her. Any others? Remember that. Stand with us tonight and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you this evening for your love and mercy. And we dear God, we just know, Lord, tonight that every need you know about, Father, spoken and unspoken, dear God, you know them each one. Lord, we praise you for the blessings you give us. We praise you, Father, and we thank you, Lord, for the love you show us every day. Lord, for all these that are here tonight, we praise you, dear God, and we thank you for them, Lord. Thank you for allowing Brother Johnny to feel better and be with us tonight as well. Lord, we ask you that you would just help us to lean upon you, dear God, and trust in you, Lord. Father, pray that you'd be with those, Lord, who be traveling. Father, we ask you tonight just to strengthen us, Lord, everyone. Uh, help us through the word this evening, we pray, dear God. We give you glory, Father. We'll give you praise, Father, in Jesus' name. And amen. Grab your blue book and turn to page 152. 152.
ahead and turn over to page 256. 256. Two seventy six. Two seventy six.
Uh, go ahead and turn over to page 140. 140. 
one more week of using batteries for the other microphone makes me sad. If you have your Bibles this evening, go with us to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 12. 1 Samuel chapter 12. And if you would stand with us, I want to read to you one verse of Scripture. We'll go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll come back to a little bit. Verse 14, 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 14, says, If you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandments of the Lord, then now shall both ye, or then shall both ye and also the king that reigneth over ye, continue following the Lord your God. Father, this evening, I thank you, Lord, for your love and mercy. I thank you, dear God, for your blessings. Asking you, Lord, tonight, help us to do thy will, to praise, worship, and honor thy name. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to be here. We pray, dear God, that your will be done. In Jesus' name, and amen. And amen. You may be seated this evening. Verse 15 says, But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord, but you rebel against the commandments of the Lord, then shall the land, then shall the hand of the Lord be against you, as it was against your fathers. Now therefore stand and see this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. I, I want you to understand something this evening. God has always had what we call conditions. The condition for blessings, benefits, eternity starts off with acceptance. We've got to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That, there's no other way around it. You and I, and, and, and I will just, I'm going to be honest with you as I can be tonight. The Bible talks about that it rains on the just and the unjust. But real blessings. Things that we understand come from God because of our service to God are far different than just things you acquire in life. There are things that some people can afford to buy tonight that you and I couldn't afford to buy. And probably some of we wouldn't want to buy, but they, they can just go out and uh, whether it's a check or cash or debit card, it doesn't mean anything to them. They could purchase it and then they could say, well, look at my blessing. But that's really... That wasn't a blessing. They just got what they wanted. But then there's other things that you and I look at tonight, and we know that they come only from God. They are blessings. They're, they're real blessings. It's something that's beyond just the ability to buy a candy bar. It's, it's, it's there. And once we understand that God is the supplier of, of all things that we need. Everything I got, air is a blessing. Without God making air, I can't breathe. Photosynthesis is a blessing. I don't understand, but trees take in the bad stuff, filter it out, and produce the good stuff. And even in the wintertime, we got enough air to go around. That's a blessing. That's the way God works. Those are things that, as I said, they're, they're truly, they come from God. But the, 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 I would say this, the Christian today, folks today have to come to the realization and the understanding that in order for us to continue to be blessed of God, we must ourselves continue in God's word, in God's will, in God's plan, in God's purpose. We oftentimes, it's like the old saying, we get on the bike and we begin to race. It's, it's, you know, you can go through all kinds of things, whether it's fasting, dieting, biking, exercise of some other sort, walking, running, jogging, 
anything. You, you get up, you're excited at first, and you go, and then after a while, the excitement and everything else wears off, and you go right back to where you were when you started. And there are a lot of people whose Christian faith, so to say, is just like that. They start out, they're excited. The Bible talks about the sower of the seed. They're excited, but something happens, and all of a sudden, no more excitement, no more zeal, no more. And, and I will say this. I think it's because they don't continue. You say, why don't they continue? There's all kinds of reasons. The Bible talks about the wicked one coming and stealing it out of their hearts unless it gets down in there and begins to really work. It talks about the distractions of the world and the things that they just don't continue. But to continue is to receive the blessings of God. And you've got to continue, church. It's not where we started. It is where we finish. Because remember, you can start today, die today, and finish well. But if you started two days ago and you're not keeping on, you're not continuing, how are you going to finish? That's the whole point. Continuing is a key. God told them right here, if you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandments of the Lord, then shall both ye and also the king that reigneth over you continue following the Lord your God. Now, now look at what he said. If you will hear, serve, hear, obey, don't rebel, you follow. You keep on. Even your king. And remember what I was saying this morning. Prayer and Bibles did not go out of school all at once. They went out of the home before they went out of school. They went out of the church before they went out of the school. It was one of those deals there where there was not enough people. And I'm going to tell you something. In the time in which these things happened back in the 70s, there was a greater population of people in the United States who claimed to be Christians than there was people who did not claim to be Christians. And there was a greater population then than there sure is now. And yet one person can raise a ruckus and get it thrown out of school. And hundreds of millions couldn't stop it? Well, Brother Ernie, it went to court and it went to the Supreme Court. And I'm here to tell you, God's got more power than any of those courts. We didn't stop and pray the way we should have. What we should have been doing was praying that the teachers rebelled and said, it's not going to happen that way. We believe the Word of God is the Word of God, and we're going to have the Word of God in our classrooms. We're going to start our morning off with the Word of Prayer. Why? Because it was what was happening at the home. It's what parents, when they sent their children to school, were expecting to continue to happen. And we look at it and we say, but Brother Ernie, no, listen to me carefully. We have failed to continue, therefore we are no longer blessed the way that we could be blessed. And our government sure ain't being blessed because they're sure not following God. I'm just here to tell you there's a whole bunch of antichrist in Washington instead of a whole bunch of for Christ. But it's because of what's happened in the home. It's because of what started one night in somebody else's house. You think about it. We'll always point fingers somewhere else, but what about our house? In Psalms chapter 36, verse 10, it says this. O continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness to the upright in heart. Now, now, how many of you would say tonight that you are just like that? You want God to continue doing what he does. You want God to continue to love. You want God to continue to protect. I mean, I ask God to protect my family every day. I ask God to protect your family. If I know you're out and you're traveling, or, or I say, God, protect them. And, and I'll be honest with you. When I pray, I'm asking God to anoint and touch and protect folks wherever they're at because I don't know what's going on. I'm always asking God to continue to do his part. And yet through the Bible, God is continually asking me to do my part and for you to do your part. And we don't think that that means near as much as God doing his part. 
Like I said for years, every time I see a, a bumper sticker that says, God bless America, I say this, God will bless America if America will turn back to God. It's that simple. I, I mean, it, it, things can change if people will repent and turn back to God. How many times did it say in the book of Revelations when it talked about to the churches there, repent and what? Repent and come back. Repent, 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 repent. All the time he's saying repent. Why? Because they had fallen short. They had walked away. They had turned their back. They had allowed things to happen that should It was all based upon the fact that the church was no longer doing what they should have been doing. And Jesus is telling them, if you don't repent... It's not going to go well. Repentance means to get back on the right path and continue. I'm sorry, Lord, for the way I've been going. I'm going to start going the way I should be going, which is in your word. We, we know that in, in Jeremiah, when he told them that they should seek out the old paths and the good way and walk therein, it says this, but they said, we will not. An amazing thing happens that the people who are supposed to be the very folks who are focused on God, who are God is telling them to continue and keep going, are those who are saying, God, we're not going to, or saying this even. Well, we are, you know, but it's just different now than it used to be. They missed the part in the Bible where Jesus said, I am the same today, yesterday, and forever. They missed the part where God said, I changeth not. It's one of those deals where we start trying to tell God who we are and he's supposed to accept us instead of God telling us who he is and us supposed to be accepting him. So he says, oh, continue thy loving kindness. God, please continue to do your part. But what about me? Well, we can go back there in verse 15 again and it says, but if ye obey not, the expectation should not be to one and not to both. I mean, if we honestly stop and look at it today, I, I, it, it's, it's not an amazing thing. I almost said I'm amazed by how this goes about, but really I'm not amazed, but I am kind of what I would say stunned because I, I know this, that I've not been in the ministry a long time compared to some, but I've been in it long enough to see changes that I never thought I would see. And I can't imagine what people who've been in it longer than me think about what's happened. How it's changed and, and, and it's just, you know, today we're not trying to figure out how to get folks saved so they come to church. We're trying to figure out how to entertain them so they stay at church. Doesn't make any sense. If they continue in the things of God, then they will want to be there. They'll be hungering and thirsting for the things of righteousness. They'll have the desires to see what God wants to do and will do and can do in their lives if they just stay true and faithful. It's kind of like we've seen the song, Beulah Land, I'm longing for thee. Why? Because I know it's better over there than it is right here. I know what God's got ahead of me is far greater than what I could ever imagine to have down here. And by the way, it don't matter how much you can purchase. You still can't purchase what God has. John chapter 8. If we go over there for just a minute. John chapter 8. Verse 31 says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. Now, now, here is, I would say something very careful here tonight. When we start talking about we don't have to do things, we better read the Bible. Now, now look at what he says. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed. They had already put their faith and their trust in Jesus. This is where I started. You cannot start following him until after you've started trusting him. Remember, Judas was 
with them. But Judas was not part of them. There, there is a difference. His heart was not right with God. His heart was not focused on. He was sitting at meat. He was suffering. He was doing everything. But Judas had one issue. Judas loved this world better than he loved the Lord. He loved what the Lord could give him, except for he didn't love what the Lord wanted to give him. Now think about that for just a second. Judas hung himself because he was tore up over what he did. What he should have done was repent. You ever thought about that? So it then said Jesus to those Jews which, had, which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We all love that one, right? The truth shall make you free. Well, but look at the qualifying of it. Then Jesus said to those which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. It's, it's not enough to say you believe. It's not enough to, to confess that you believe. You've got to continue in the word of God. Remember we talked this morning about how powerful the word of God was to the apostle Paul. How when it got down into him, it changed his life completely. He went from killing to healing. He went from imprisoning to setting people free. He changed dramatically his life and what was going on. He was turning things upside down. He had been going through there trying to tear down something. Now he's going through there and he's building it higher than it ever was before. Because Paul got the word inside of him. And the word inside began to come outside of him. And Paul continued on the path he was with Jesus. He continued that path no matter what come, no matter what happened. He, he, he was the one that when you talk about the parable of the sower, he was in the good ground. And he got the good ground and he become fruitful church tonight. You and I are the ones who determine how good the ground is sometimes. Lord, you can do this much, but not that much. And I'm going this far, but not that far. But Jesus put the qualifier in there. John 15 and 9, As for the Father, has, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in, or continue ye in my love. Church, it's our responsibility to walk in the light. It, it, it doesn't just happen. You and I got to, there's a, there's a responsibility that we have to do the things that need to be done in order to get to the place that the Lord would have us to come. If you think about it this way, Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him take up his cross and follow me. You know, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. We're supposed to crucify the flesh and the affections and lust thereof so that we can follow him. Acts chapter 13. Acts 13. Paul is teaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's preaching. Verse 40. Beware therefore, lest that come upon you which was spoken by the prophets. Behold, ye despisers and wonders and perish. For I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe. Though a man declared unto you, and when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath day. Now, now think about this for just a second. Paul is telling them the truth, and he calls them despisers, wanderers, and perish. Their works are being done, and they don't believe the things that are being done. And they don't believe the things that are being declared. 
So when they're gone, though, there's some people there with just enough curiosity and enough interest. And, and really, I would say this, enough conviction has come to their lives that they're sitting there going, we would like to know more. Would you tell us again? We're not quite grasping maybe some of it. We've never heard it like this before. But, but would you come back and talk to us again? And it says, in the next Sabbath day came Almost the whole, excuse me. Now when the congregation was uh, was broken up and many of the Jews of the region's per proselyte followed Paul and Barnabas who speaking to them persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. Now I don't know about you, but I know this for a fact. We don't have enough room in this church to seat the, the city of Fort Smith. We don't have enough seats in this church to sit in the town of people who live within probably six or seven blocks of us. I, I would say a block, but we take up part of a block. But can I tell you this? If you get the message out and people's hearts start to get the hunger for it and they start to understand a little bit of it, they begin to desire more of it. And you're not going to please everybody. But can I tell you, you've got to be true, faithful, and a follower before you can ever convince somebody else to follow. It's like I've said, and I've said many times, you know, I could give you two tickets to go to, uh, to a Razorback basketball, baseball, football, whatever game, and if I hand them to you like, you know what, this is a lousy team, and they really don't mean much, why don't you go watch the game? You're like, why should I go watch the game? Versus if I said, you know what, I really hate to miss a game, but I'm not going to get, man, you got to go. If you build it up, you're excited about it. You're giving those tickets away. There's somebody going to say, I'll go. Believe me, I'll go. Hey, I, I want to go. Why? Because your excitement is rubbed off on them. They may have been thinking, well, I could never. But now all of a sudden they're excited. Listen to me, church. I'm going to heaven. You're going to heaven. If you're saved, we ought to be telling people there's a better place than this place. But we have a hard time continuing to live in our own faith, let alone helping somebody else build theirs. But Paul and Barnabas, they spoke and they persuaded. They persuaded. It was something to them to keep these folks going. To persuade them to continue in the grace of God. By the way, in chapter 14, verse 22, it says this. It said they were confirming, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. It's not easy. But all we got to do to get there is continue in the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. Continue in the word. Hey, by the way, how do I get faith? I get more faith by reading the word of God and by praying over it because in that God strengthens me. And by the way, remember, we just said, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Hey, it will help you separate the false from the real. Romans chapter 6. Here's a question with, with, with continue in it. What shall we say then, verse 1? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? That the grace of God may abound? I mean, is the grace of God going to go away because you and I don't commit sin? There's a lot of folks out there who's going to keep on sinning. God's grace is still going to be present. But can I tell you, there's coming a time when the grace of God will be removed and the wrath of God will be revealed. And what's going to happen in that time? What's going to take place in that day and hour? I mean, if you stop to think about that this evening, if we're going to say these things, listen, there are some people who think that there is no possible way to live life without sinning. Not even for a moment. I'm here to tell you I can do it at least an hour. Sometimes eight. 
depend on how long I sleep. If you stop to think about it, though, you can go through the day meditating on God and go without sinning because you're meditating on the Word of God. You don't have to sin. It's, it's not your responsibility to sin. It's our responsibility to strive not to sin. And we frustrate the grace of God when we think we, we can't get away without sinning. So look at what he says. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that the grace of God may bound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? We're not supposed to live in sin. Sin is prevalent and around us, but it should not be the, re, the, the, the controlling factor of our lives. But we get that way because we fail to con continue in the grace of God, in the word of God, in prayer with God. And we fail to continue around people of God. Let me just throw that one in for a second. Don't expect to get, uh, get away from sin when you surround yourself with people who do nothing but sin and don't care because their sin don't bother them. They, they don't think it matters any longer. Go over to Romans chapter 11. Here we get the message of how you and I as Gentiles got the privilege of being saved. The Jews wouldn't believe, they wouldn't receive, and they wouldn't follow. So God gave you and I, the Gentiles, the opportunity to do what they wouldn't do. And thus, in doing that, God will provoke them back to jealousy so that they will once again come to God to accept Him. Verse 18. Here's the carefulness. Or verse, let's just go 17. I said 18, but he said, If some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree, that was me, a Gentile, were grafted in among them, and with them partakers of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Boast not against the branches, but if you boast, or if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou will say then, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he, spare, lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and sovereignty on God, on them which fell solemnly, but toward thee goodness. Look at this. If thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt be cut off. Can I tell you, church, again, if you want to be blessed of the Father, you've got to stay the course. And you and I know this tonight. It's, it should not be this way. It doesn't have to be this way. But because people will not continue and follow the Lord, that's why it is this way. Can you blame me for failing? Oh, yeah. Can you blame me for not praying enough? Yeah, you could blame me. But the truth of the matter is this. Despite me or despite you, those who won't come is because they won't continue. Those who turn their back on God is because they won't continue. And, and just to be honest with you, I, I guess this, you know, we're all stubborn enough at times to do something despite what somebody else says. I mean, it, my wife, and, and I love her dearly, but, but she was right. She said, I was talking about building on the back of the house, and she said, you'll never do it. So I had to prove her wrong. Went out there, started busting up the slab of the, of the, of the patio there. Started, I mean, I started tearing stuff. I had no idea how I was going to do it, but I was going to prove her wrong on that part. I was going to start doing it. And she got in there and helped me, and I mean, we did 90% of the work. Me and her and the kids would pitch in. We built on the back of our house. Sometimes we do things to prove people wrong, right? Well, the devil says you can't do that. And you won't do that. And you're not going to make it to heaven. You're not going to get that. God, so, hey, folks, if nothing else, just spit in his eye and say, you know what, just because you say, I, I'm going to do it. Why? Listen to me. I believe if he's telling me it ain't there, it's got to be there. 
I believe that if he's telling me that the Lord don't love me, he does love me. The devil's not going to tell me the truth unless he knows that in following the truth, I'm going to get messed up. You can't do that. Well, let me show you. I can too. The devil will tell you all day long, you can't do that. Spiritually speaking, all day long, you're, you're wrong. You're not going to do that. Sometimes we shouldn't do something. There are some people who do things they shouldn't do because they've been told not to do it, and it was told not to do it for their own good. Colossians 1.23, if you continue faith grounded and settled, be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Hey, Paul was telling us about who he was and where he was and how he got to be what he was. First Chronicles 16 and 7 says, Then on that day, David, David delivered first the psalm to thank the Lord into the hand of Asaph and his brethren. Gave thanks unto the Lord, called upon his name. Make, now look at this, give thanks unto the Lord. Six, First Chronicles 16, verse 7, I'm at verse 8. It says, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Now, now just think about this, church. We, we need to be sharing the glorious gospel and the loving kindness and the great mercies and the tenderness of God and, and the glorious magnificence and holiness of God. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of his wondrous works. Is there anything wrong with giving God glory? It says, glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord with his, and his strength. Seek his face continually. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done his wonders, and the judgments of his mouth. Continually. So we're told to continue, and then we're supposed to do stuff continually. Get up in the morning, thank you, Lord. Get dressed, thank you, Lord. You get to go to work or, or whatever it is you do now, thank you, Lord. You get home for lunch, thank you, Lord. You return back, thank you, Lord. Dinner, thank you, Lord. After dinner, thank you, Lord. You get ready to go to bed, thank you, Lord. You go to sleep and you wake up, thank you, Lord. It's one of those things that shouldn't be so hard for us to do and shouldn't be so hard for us to remember. I mean, after all, remember this. If it wasn't for God, you and I would not draw a breath. Look at what he said, verse 11. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. The more we pray, the better off we are. The more we read, the better off we are. Psalms 40, verse 11, withhold, withhold not thy tender mercies from me, O Lord, let not thy loving kindness and thy truth, excuse me, let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. We want God to do his part. It's over and over in the scripture, but we got to do our part. Daniel chapter 6, Daniel's thrown into the lion's den. He's there all night long with the lions. He's there with the rock on top so he can't get out. No rope to let him get climb up out of their reach or anything else. And, and, and the king is off in the castle. He, he is, uh, I guess you might say, he is mourning the fact that he was 
lions. He signed the decree, and Daniel's the one in the lion's den. The Bible says that he didn't sleep. He wouldn't allow music there. He, he, he wouldn't eat. He, wouldn't do, he, was, he was focusing on Daniel. And I don't know, but what he might have been saying, Lord, if you're there, if you're really the God of Daniel, if you exist, keep Daniel safe. He might have been crying out for Daniel on that behalf. But, but look at what he asked in verse 20 of chapter 6. And when he had come to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, he had got a hold of something through the night, is thy God, look at this, whom thou servest continually. Why did Daniel get brought into loving favor of the jailer and of the king? Because he served God continually. And by the way, can I tell you that the Bible tells us that if we were faithful to God and serve God and follow God and love God and honor Him, that He will bring us into favor with men? We don't think about that. But God said He'd even make our enemies at peace with us. Can, can you imagine? And I, and I mean this kind of hard, but... But just to stop and think about reality for a moment, could you, could you imagine a time when, when, when Jesus was there and everybody was going to stone him, but he walked right through them as if he wasn't even there. He, he, he walked through them, and yet they didn't even perceive that he was there walking through. They were going to kill him. God can do that to you and I. The enemy could be there, and the next thing you know, they don't, they don't want to throw stones. They don't even realize we're there. But not only that, but there are those that, that, that you'd never be able to witness to. But all of a sudden, because you're loving God, serving God, following God, honoring God, glorifying God, all of a sudden, God allows you to be the minister, the light, the witness, the testimony of him to them. And now there is something going to happen in their life. Because why? Because you were continually doing what God would have you to do. And Daniel was recognized for that thing. Has the God whom thou hast continually served. Now the king had made a decree that changed not. And Daniel basically was in the hands of the king. But look at what the king asked him. O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Can I tell you? And I don't know, I may be putting things way off here in space, but somewhere through the nighttime something happened and the king says this, if Daniel's alive in the morning, it don't matter what my signet says, God's signet is more important. So Daniel, did God save you from the lions? Because I'm sure not going to hurt you. I'm not going to do anything else to you. You don't have to spend another night down there. And by the way, Daniel, let's gather everybody who, who tricked us, fouled us, and, or who tricked me and, and done all this, and they going into the lion's den. And it was amazing how unhungry those lions was when Daniel was there and how starved they was when the rest came in. Again, it was based upon the faithfulness and continual servitude of Daniel to God. Two more places this evening. Luke chapter 24. We was over there this morning. Jesus ascends. He tells them to tarry until they are endued with power from on high. We read that in Acts, but look at verse 50. It said, And he led them out as far as, Beth as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him. 
Look at that. And returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, excuse me, in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. They seen him going to heaven. They worshiped him going to heaven. And they returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. You know, when it really gets a hold of you, it's not a hardship, it's a joy. Big difference. James, I guess you could say he puts it in a few different words. But James chapter 1, verse 21, says it like this. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfility of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. And be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. See, if you don't do, you've deceived yourself. For if you be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is, if, you, if any be a doer of the word and not a hearer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth away and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty... And continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this, man's, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. We are where we are because we forgot where we should be. But we can continue. We can trust and we can believe and we can follow. And if we do all of that, then I think that it's within our reasonable right to expect God to do his part. But just remember, they wanted God to do his part all throughout the scriptures. They sure had a hard time doing their part. And look what happened. And that's why we are today. We continue to expect God to do his part, but we never, for some reason, we just don't put the expectation or the, I would say, even sometimes the guilt that we lay on God for what's going on. And we forget that it was because we did not do our part. If you continue, you shall be blessed. The king will be blessed. You'll follow God. But if you don't, it's not going to go right. And church, it's not going right. It's not going right. Would you stand this evening? Heavenly Father, again tonight we come before you, Lord, and we're so grateful, so thankful, blessed God, for being in your house with these that are here. Thankful, Lord, tonight that we have the opportunity Asking you, dear God, to lead us and guide us and direct us, dear Lord. Strengthen us, Father. Help us to be that which we need to be. Dear God, I pray tonight, help me. We know that you can. But we have to as well. Lord, I thank you this evening and I praise you for your many blessings. And I ask you, Father, tonight these things in Christ's name. Amen.